Excellent. This is a good day. We're sitting underneath the tarp. I'm with a gentleman called Scott who runs the rewilding project. Part of it. Part of it. Excellent. And with a gentleman called Matt who does glamping, but very cool glamping. Mm. Excellent. So I'm here to interview Scott about the rewilding project, but also the subject of happiness. So could you tell me about a bit about your background, please, Scott, and what the rewilding project is and how happiness comes into it? Because it's, it's, uh, it's much more than just rewilding, isn't it? It's working with people. Yeah, we like to think of ourselves as radical, regenerative rewilders. So we're trying to build resilience and getting people on the land and being part of that landscape because, you know, ultimately we are one of like the apex predators. So we need to find our niche again in the landscape. And I feel being supportive of that as like the kind of opposite is with the sort of conservation, fascist rewilding of the big land grabs and the under the guise of rewilding projects and under the guise of like biospheres essentially it's just land clearancing so you know we're you know been around for what, two and a half million years and been on the land and it's our kind of not right but it is kind of our right but it just feels a bit like domination but you know it's it's inherent in all of us and innate so we just need to get back to it but yeah with the rewilding it, and it's just interesting now is that there's been so many so many pressures in the sort of first world with the housing and and you know shelters like your first kind of everything really even though if you're moving you still have shelter but there's nothing really the landscape's just a museum and it's just being used like whether for, for money or just power isn't it but access to land is makes people happy and it's been proven you know it's like why it is the outdoor sort of nhs and nick hayes has been talking a lot about it in the trespass handbook and you know, it's really interesting and it's becoming such a critical... People are saying, oh, you know, you have a single-use single, single use plastic and then what's the latest fad and then there's something else to distract us with and then, you know, ultimately we're just being kept off the land that's been taken from us. So I think the real happiness is actually learning those skills and getting back to what we are meant to be doing on the land together, collectively, as a community. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to build those... Uh, landscapes again really I don't, I don't like to use the word biosphere but you know we need to build that like real biospheres not not carbon trading natural asset biospheres we need to give the land back to the people really and there's all some so the technology out there now and the the, the great minds and you know just being on the shoulder of giants in the sense of like all system designs and thinking about you know how to read a landscape and use it you know, just the permaculture approaches and all of these other like thinkers, you know, the anthros as well with the biodynamics and and the regen farmers. Like it's all they're all overlapping, aren't they? It's just they're all part of the solution, really. But ultimately, it's a only sort of privileged small amount of people that can actually get that access to land. So it almost needs to be turned on its head. You know, I'm all for I'm sort of advocate for taking land without permission you know if it's being used or abused just sat there then why not you know how would you describe yourself then in what sense well as a person doing what you're doing not just in the job sense but also like are you an anarchist uh it's a funny one isn't it anarchists always say that i'm not an anarchist or like you know i'm a better anarchist than you or like i'm not a permaculturist like don't give me a label like you know what is the name and all that nonsense but, you know, I get, ultimately, I guess I'm a community activist, uh, organiser, but I also do other things, like I'm a tanner, traditional tanner. 
and I make leather and fur traditionally and uh, I've run sort of tanneries before. I also do bodywork, massage, done that in Canada, some uh, applied neurosomatic therapy uh, study which was really amazing and I've also got a background in roundhouse building and when it was before it was cool and um, also like agroforestry and edible landscapes but ultimately like trying to inspire the community and get people on board which is usually the off the challenge isn't it but people are coming around since the pandemic things have totally changed hasn't it <laughs> everyone's like oh shit i want 10 acres just to myself and build a cabin it's like no mate i'll tell you what mate let's just get the landscape and we'll like basically share it out and you can have your little bit of land and you can have your cabin or whatever and then we'll but basically to to prescribe to that you need to apply and and go through and accept the decision making like sociocracy because it's really important to have these foundations in place for community and from my experience of like traveling 20 plus years and being on the active scene and seeing like communities implode and explode and you, you know all the different varies and a lot of it boils back to is like not very good governance or the decision making just doesn't seem to function and this is where sociocracy comes in and we're doing the sort of S3 decentralised decision making and empowering people. And this, this empowering is what is empowering, but essentially people can follow their excitement and they can't be blocked by it or vetoed. You know, we have people in the organisation now that we trust and believe in and they believe in our ethos. You know, we're not a cult, but if we were a cult, we'd be quite a cool cult. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and I don't want to be a fucking cult leader and I don't want to be a boss because whoever wants to be a boss is somewhat like sociopathic or something not quite right there. Why would you want to be over someone, you know? It's just not natural, is it? You said there's no hierarchy in your work. No. Even though I'm a director technically on paper and if the shit is the fan, it'd be me that'd be facing it. Well, I'm not fucking bothered, so like whatever. But, you know, you don't want to be sort of living in that fear. You've got to sort of live... Living in love is sort of living with the gratitude of all you've got at the time, isn't it? I guess rather than dwelling on the shit you haven't got. And, you know, I find that quite a challenge, you know, because I think we're all mentally health challenged in civilization because that's ultimately, that's been our downfall as a species. But it's going to come around again and people are looking for new solutions or, you know, they just, it's, yeah. And I, it's just sad to see, isn't it, that sort of poverty on the increase and the, the elites getting more and more. I mean, the biggest wealth transfer during the pandemic ever, you know, and that's just, in a way, it's, it's interesting, the pandemic in the sense that people really connected to nature again and found true happiness and realised their job that they were doing was pretty shit and they were just doing it because it filled all their other addictive desires that weren't particularly functional. And I'm not trying to be sort of judgmental, I probably sound really judgmental, but I think it's just the reality of like what we're facing in our civilization is that people are generally pretty fucking miserable and I think it's not surprising with the diet and the things that they're being fed constantly and it's just got hyped up even more so yeah I think the happiness is sort of just coming back to the basics isn't it it's so simple and it like you know we run like 15 different projects and we've got about 25-ish staff some are PAYE some are like contracts um, zero hour contract whatever they want really whatever suits them they can choose, they can choose their hours as well, they can choose like, you know, that's the old point with, like, you just trust people. So, that's flowing now, finally, but it took a while to get to a point where it started to function because people are so addicted to hierarchy or, like, uh, you know, kind of looking at outside themselves for a leader and just being like, oh, shit, I've done that right, okay. I mean, you can check in with people for sure and, like, get some support, 
that's there but you know it's just having that confidence isn't it and experience just to do it and fine if you fuck up now and again that's fine but I think having that support and reflecting on that and learning from it obviously because yeah I think that's the thing people are a bit scared to make mistakes aren't they and that's not a great state to be in like how can you be happy when you're just constantly in fear of fucking up <laughs> and it's just yeah yeah so it's just like you know take just step into your known isn't it and this I think with this whole pandemic and what we're seeing like this ecological breakdown on on the planet is that people have just actually realising that we're we're just nothing aren't we we're just tiny little fucking we're nothing things can just change at any moment we've got no control of it at all and people listening, Scott did actually say plan-demic, not the pandemic, because it yeah. was a plan. Totally, the scandemic. I mean, Mobiously hit it on the fucking head of the nail is the, their uh, political hot potato song. We're living in a plan-demic, scandemic, eugenic, take your face mask off. Uh, the two meter rules to meet the fools. Yeah, it's fucking banging tune. It only got like 4,000 hits during the pandemic. I'm amazed it even played on Spotify, to be honest. Could you give me an example of the different projects that you've done in the past that have been really successful? I guess they've all been successful. Well, there's certain degrees of success, I guess, and it depends what your aims and outcomes are. And I think the challenge is, is when you're working in a community, especially when you're trying to be like radical and people look at you like some crazed hippies, uh, but, you know, we're travellers as well, so we live, like, roadside. So it's just, like, we're kind of um, addressing that in our agenda to a degree because we're facing persecution as a entire people of travellers in Britain and making, like, the, what is it, the landscape now is, like, 90% private plus whatever. And, you know, they can choose, if you don't want to move on, then they've got the power to take your vehicle or whatever. They can fine you two and a half grand is it and three months in jail or and or both uh so it's pretty intense but it's interesting we're not at any we get hassled with the forestry england because we partnership with them and they sort of chase us around and keep giving us bylaw uh, notices uh but yeah and then we're involved with the traveler scene in the forest of dean as well and we helped set up a traveler crew too because it was an housing issue i mean that's why everyone got back onto the convoy and that's where the happiness is, is the community. Mm-hmm. And whatever level of community you look at that, you know, like, I don't know, I can't, I find it, I know this community in, like, council states and projects and stuff like that in, in a city, but it's, um, it's quite stark, isn't it, really? Extremely. But the projects, yeah, sorry, so the project, like, the 50 projects, we did a community orchard with a local community at Colford, Burial, and we won an award for... Uh, having like heritage trees but we did it as a kind of permaculture orchard so it's slightly different from the usual orchard it's almost sort of forest gardening orchard so that was really interesting because you know set, putting these perennial edibles in the landscape rather than just like keep growing annuals and fighting all the elements it's really key and we've just set up an abundance scheme project where we're mapping all the fruit and nut trees in the forest of Dean and asking who owns them and are they going to use them or not and to use them if they're not and share it out and scale it up also, I, also that will inform our design to what the plant in the landscape. You know, if there's no cherries, or there's no this or that, and why is this not working here, and why is that working there, and and um, yeah, then we can look at potentially just creating an entire like perennial edible landscape again, which would be would be great, not just for the wildlife but for humans as well. 
I did come to see the rewilding project last year and you were doing some banner painting and also some spoon carving but there wasn't too much going on that day but you did have people from the community who'd come in who were learning new skills. What do you call that? So that's kind of our sort of community activism that we do mental health work and we work with physical disabled as well but the yeah the mental health crisis since all that's gone on in the Forest of Dean is like one of the worst in Gloucestershire and there's not very much going on and it's, it's crazy they're living around like a I mean it's not you know it's, it's been cut it's not original there's some old trees but not that many you know it's been cut for charcoal for making metal and war and feeding the system but but they uh, but I find that the it's innate in people, like I said, you know, especially when you're living around nature, it's slightly different. Some you meet Swedish people or Canadian people or Norwegian people, or people that live kind of, it's a different kind of vibe. But a lot of the kids have lost it though with the screens and we're trying to get them back in. And we run a Rekindle Youth Programme, which is part of the Open College Network. And we're offering qualifications level one, level two in craft and land skills. So we're basically trying to sort of in, like inspire these kids. We also run a wildlings project for little kids and we do nature connection but we do like craft and growing but we also do risky play so they use like re real tools like five-year-olds with saws and hammers and nails and stuff it's great and we just stand back and kind of allow them to just do that they don't interfere with their learning and we, we you know we, we use a bit of sort of Steiner stuff or whatever works really and that, I think that's the you know Montessori one of our staff is a Montessori teacher so these different approaches and we kind of developing our own style uh, it's so needed with these kids now they've been through so much shit in the last two years three years it's brutal it is just torture it's just psyops to the max and how's that supposed to make people happy it's insane so it's, we're living at really interesting times with you know people saying stuff and i'm trying to be positive but i think um it's got to, it's got to turn around it always it always does it has to doesn't it change is inevitable but um it's challenging in the Forest of Dean because people are pretty set in their ways and it's about 30 years behind and before the bridges were in it was cut off by one of the biggest drops of water in the world after Nova Scotia I think, uh, like 15 metres I think it is Nova Scotia, tidal drop. So to get over from like England tending to Wales, you know, it was um, quite um, a challenge and the Romans struggled as well and they came up to Gloucester and tried to come into the forest but they they didn't do so well with skirmishers and the, the Silaroons or the Silaroos people, the warriors, local tribe, clan, they kicked their ass. And then the Romans just like decided to go sort of west or north more to Anglesey. But it's interesting because like, you know, you look at the roots, you know, of areas and the roots of us really. And we're all sort of part of a clan somewhere and we're all sort of travellers at heart. And... Uh, yeah, it's great to try and sort of capture that. It's just so sad we've kind of lost our way, isn't it, as a species? Well, it's quite incredible what you're doing. It seems like you're a powerhouse. You never stop. You've always got a project on the go. You talk about your work all the time, although it's not really not work. It's time, your life, isn't boring. it? It's your passion. <laughs> <laughs> it is a passion. But it's like it's, it's it's interesting that like when I was running it, we were like the original Rewild before George Monbiot wrote Feral and basically coined it as Rewilding Landscapes, like in a sort of conservation-y way in a fucking museum way but uh, yeah that has its merits as well but it's like yeah they're just totally missing out the humans and that is what we talk about is re the people like and it's all about the people
really. But these fucking experts in God knows where, what, and whoever labels and names, <clears throat> they're just imposing their ideas, you know. It's like a yeah, backwards extreme form of community work. Well, without mentioning names, can you give me examples of the people that have come through your project that you that you have become much happier in their lives? Well, we... Uh, 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 we have... Um, yeah, we have people like uh, with like drug issues, and yeah, we have someone that comes along and uh, and they, uh, yeah, are on sort of methadone and stuff, and it comes like they come like every day. It's amazing, and they love it, and it just gives them purpose. And not only that is that you know they're skilling them up, and then there's an opportunity for them to get involved in the Seed Project, the Social Environment Education Diverse Community Land Trust Workers Co-op, because we'll be putting like applications out for people to come and live on the land and build tiny homes and you know if people are like up for it and yeah are wanting to do the conflict resolution and want to do the decision making and wanting to like just commit to a community but still have their own kind of space then I think it'd be beautiful. Well before you were talking about the price of housing and how it's insane and if you're going to build tiny homes nobody's going to stop you I mean you said what are they going to do about it because they've put the people in that situation. Mm, totally and like I suppose forestry was quite unique as well because it used to be squatted and then there was a massive uprising and they decided to give them re- like residency of where the squatters were. But like now it's like, yeah, everything's so fenced off and if it's not fenced off then there's loads of bylaws and regulations. And people just listen to them and it like, but it's just going to get to a point where, you know, you sit in your home paying like getting more and more debt or do you like sit in your home and freeze or you know and then you're out there in this woodland but no one's really got the skills and that's the thing you know it's interesting that a good friend of mine Dan Westfall who's a really interesting cat you should check him out and Naomi the Outback to Nature they're very uh, they're sort of ancestral skills um, experts and they work with kids as well and they've done some really cool adventures like tv stuff in bulgaria and trying to live for like five weeks as stone age and also as ancestral as possible and um they're really cool crew but they're interesting there what they talked about was that like you know if the collapse happened now if that was it you know there's no more grotesques there's no more fucking amazon and all that other shite it's all gone they take about three generations for us to get back into balance with the planet like to be able to function depending on I don't know if there was nuclear war I guess it would be a different war game but yeah it's interesting to think that it could take that long for us to get back into like sync with nature from dot what do you personally think is going to happen in the future <laughs> you're obviously very optimistic but do you also believe stuff is going to get worse yeah oh, totally I'm like I, just wait till November, December, there'll be shelves empty of food. There'll be no fuel, people can't afford fuel. Yeah, it'll be fucking chaos. I mean, yeah, I'm not like a conspiracy theory, and it's just like, and it's been, they've been quite, and they've been quite open about it, but with Claude Schwab's and the fucking World Economic Forum and all those like eugenic experts, elites, they, you know, they want 90% less people on the planet by 2030. So that was about eight years' time, innit? Seven and a half years or whatever. It's not long, is it? Like eight and a half years. And that's going to be pretty horrific, isn't it? It's happening now, you know, with our foods being poisoned, you know, our water's being poisoned. Everything's being poisoned. 
the sky, the lot. You know, it's just setting it up to be an ecological collapse, which it already is happening. And it doesn't help with the weather peaking, whether it is climate change like, through what we've done. It probably is because we've deforested most of the planet. So, yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and are you happy right now? Are you the happiest you've ever been? Do you get, hap- <laughs> do you get happier day by day? Or what makes you happy? What makes me happy? That's a very good question, isn't it? It's a funny one, that. I guess, what, yeah, what makes me happy is... Um, I guess that sort of sense of belonging and blah, blah, blah. But having community, and it's really tricky because, like, living roadside and not having access to land and people being spread out, like, because it's a rural area. And so, and I'm a traveller by heart, so I just need to be, I just want different landscapes and different experiences, sort of ADHD styly. So, yeah, when I'm travelling, I'm usually at my happiest and I'm really flowing. So this is a real challenge for me to be in one place for, like, eight, nine years running a project and running it on my own for a couple of years and nobody wanted to join and you know yeah things needed to change and we've made those changes and now loads of people want to join it's fucking wicked and it's building you know and we could have these seed projects all across the country in every county everywhere the old fucking forest could be built with like you know tiny homes hobbit houses for under like five grand and then you know have it fucking thermal mass like passive solar plant them in the or grow your own home yeah uh, Pete Linnell, he's amazing. Like, you know, just a bender communities, why fucking not? You know, it's all there, isn't it? But it's just people getting pushed to that point where they're gonna have to make some real fucking changes. And the or, authorities will never want that because they're not gonna be making money from people living in benders. They're gonna try and find a way to tax it. Yeah, or just control it. They just don't want to yeah, it'd be interesting. They will get heavy handed, of course, they're, they're violent, all governments are. But we like yeah, hopefully the the, the police and the arms and the hopefully the people that holding these weapons of fucking fear like we'll just put them down or join us and then you know have a fucking proper revolution so this is like Tom was talking about with the um, back in 2011 when they tried to take the woods but everyone stood up so much for it they you know the back people around it. here just ready to take in, in machines farmer equipment to then address that issue and won't let them take it when the, for all the public forests are up for sale and there's you know getting into that uh massive global financial system where you're able to invest carbon credits in land and it's at 65,000 acres here of woodland which they priced on getting on the stock exchange it could be about 10 trillion pounds in value and so the big companies are wanting to try and buy up these big land assets because everyone's pumping in carbon credits and it's become a global financial commodity to exchange you know, and what, and what, what, what's happening here bollocks. in rewilding is then trying to, uh, you know, sort of in, prove that there's value in the land and like how how do you get around that? How do you work that system or get around that system and tap into it? Because it's happening. That big global change has happened. That is now nature is a financial resource and asset that can be traded and becomes a, a whatever re- different discussion. But you're saying everyone getting up in arms like around here just to say this is the deep value of this space is that we're going to protect it and there will people did rise up before and have done it past the woods so it's, it's quite interesting well british the british population used to be the most revolting population in the world apparently they um kicked off all the time you know eds on spikes was like a fucking favorite pastime you know like the lord would like take the piss and they'd be like okay pitchfork time and there's a funny meme where there's like the guys with the pitchforks and the guys with the torches and uh, 
there's some elite on the balcony and there's like this servant's like what should we do what should we do he's like oh tell them that the people with the torches are wanting to take off their take their pitchforks off them and the ones with the torches yeah vice versa it's quite good yeah create divide isn't it divide and conquer and that's been their motto from the start and that's what they've been doing so that's why we need to do the opposite really it's all about being collective and about I guess being power, conscious as well power in numbers and strong networks so another part of what you're doing you know, chatting to people and networking in with different people and you know what I'm excited about is seeing that really strong network across the whole of England and all these people now with serious deep skills gone to the land and moving into land you know people like yourselves who are training people up but it's not just here there's that's across what England and Wales all over the place mm. these communities learning from each other and then linking up and building up you know there's a power building now that's why I'm positive because there's a power building behind what we're doing yeah, yeah. now we're getting into the next generational stuff where people are being brought up like that wasn't there before the reason why there's a step change now and how we're actively changing the world because this stuff wasn't here before and we've now had like a generation of people settling in to do that on the land so it's, it, you know it's new times that's what I'm excited by yeah great and there's this yeah. massive power in us all getting strong and communities getting strong around and learning from each other and there's new people coming in like the kids running around here yeah, yeah. or now seeing this stuff like in the generation time it's going to be so solid mm. well like, that's uh, it's interesting about the um, connection to nature and feel, falling in love with nature and being a happy, mm. do you know what I mean the, yeah. that all kind of a lot of people don't get exposed to it but the ones that do once they fall in love with it then they're more likely to care for it and they've been doing loads of studies saying like that's the key really you know so I guess yeah it's an interesting one isn't it I think guess one of our big challenges with the project is that we we got where we had like loads of people wanting to volunteer for us and get involved and, da, 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 and we're like yeah wicked like you know we have participants and we have volunteers and you know um we were like, yeah, cool, come and get involved, but we've got nowhere for you to stay, unless you've got a living vehicle or you're up for wild camping, we've got no land for you to go on. One, our community craft centre that we refurbed and turned into a, an amazing community asset, and we do loads of workshops from there, and it's a really nice space. Forestry, we were going to knock it down six years ago. I was like, no, no, we'll turn it into a craft centre, and we did. So, and it's a lovely spot, and the... Um, that's Forest England land, so we're not allowed to stay overnight there, like because it's like jeopardised our lease that we're fucking finally potentially going to get off them. I hope people in Forest England don't listen to this recording too much, but anyway, I'll try. And, I'll, I'll use like a you just got to blurp it out or something. <laughs> anyway, so yes, our overlords. I mean, our people that manage the woodland for us, and we pay taxes for that. Apparently, uh, they know better. They um they say we can't stay overnight, so they've we've had a five year license and then this they've offered us ten year lease now, and I thought they were gonna because this funding ended after five years that linked us to them directly. And now we kind of still partner with them, and well we do partner with them, but the interesting bit was that I was just like yeah fucking bring it on, if they're gonna like like basically not extend our license or lease, we're literally gonna pull the roof off and we're going to take all the fucking walls down like we're going to basically dismantle this whole thing and the materials we'll document it and put it on Netflix and like 
everyone would be just like fucking what the fuck you know what I mean it's some wicked you know, that's what you do isn't it that's how you get to the masses is a bit of fucking shock and awe and a bit like this is what's going on you know we need to do more of that really this you know with TikTok and all this and Insta they definitely has a place and Facebook mm-hmm. it's great we've inspired loads of people buzzing we go to like events now and people just like come in to us just like wow because you know we run free kids clubs this summer as well and um, yeah it's been intense like we're just we're just constant and it's, that's the excitement though isn't it that's the, that's the happiness it's like liking the, the happiness is seeing things fruit you know from like the, so much bullshit goes on to get to the point where it fucking actually it's the surface so I'd like to say here today where we are the spring that's been renovated by the rewilding project and we're the rewild project people call it the rewilding Fancy. project what, there's another one called the rewilding project the amount of people that jumped on the bandwagon when fucking George Monbiot there was like mm-hmm. two or three rewild things yeah this is I mean the original term coming like in the 1990s like John Zerzan and until Peter Michael Bauer started using the rewild term yeah and then like George Monbiot did the feral thing and then suddenly it just like fucking exploded and I was like there's like the rewilding project or there's like project rewild and da, 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 now you know what I mean and somebody's like asked to buy our name they did and people Michael Bowers people like wanted to buy the name sort of thing uh, you know because he's got he's got the best one Peter Michael Bauer yeah he's great anyway so it's Rewild Project mate get it right Rewild Project <laughs> me too I need to get that right yeah 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 so we're up at the well today and I'm not going to say what's, going to, what's the name of the well that we're at St Anthony's Well St Anthony's Well and it's amazing in the deep like mature oak woodland in, and uh, there's a natural spring that comes out it's the Rewild Project got the community around to dig out the well and get all the mud and crap out of it and then it was a crystal clear plunge pool with a blue tile bottom and we've just been sat here today so that was last year or sometime last October we sat here today and the number of different people that have come past and just come up and extreme happiness was made like it was totally <laughs> random people and like this wasn't here before you know this was you there's know, no people, signs to it as well people seek people it out people found it people yeah. found it on the internet found whatever and then the level of the happiness of the people and yeah. a complete mixed bag of you know different types of people boom that, that that was it you know there's this key in the middle of this woodland here it's like yeah you know that's the truth of it that it's making a change people who said that you know this natural NHS it's transforming people's bodies and souls you know and you, you've got evidence of that and showing that how it's changed people medically um, mm. you know that's where that 10 trillion of value comes into mm. what this place is about and it's tapping into that and seeing that that if that's the way the system's gone I mean monetizing and stuff you, you can play that game you evidence it and you monetize it and you demonstrate it and then boom you say that truth and then they work it out you, you know you're doing it and it's making a massive difference and then you know people can recognize that well, I get them. so frustrated I'm so fucking impatient I'm just like I have to fucking want it now and I'm like I don't know. I'm not in a spoiled way, but I'm used to getting like what I manifested. You make things happen. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's buzzing. It buzzes me up. Like Bill, it's like a bit like the. I call myself. You know, people say the, the, what their spirit animal is and whatever. Right. So right now, mine's a, a badger, uh, a badger spider. <laughs> so like building like webs and networks, but also being a bit fucking aggro about it. <laughs> I try, I'm assertive, I'm from like, I'm not from up north, I'm from North Nottinghamshire, coal mining town, so technically I'm East Midlands, but it's quite northern, and my dad was a coal miner, and you know, people say it as it is up there, it's like, it's a bit different up north, down south people get a bit scared if you, 
yeah, get a bit too northern on them. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and find Matt um, tomorrow or another day to interview him because he's very interesting. And thank you for his inclusion to this interview. Um, so we're sitting underneath a tarpaulin where um, Scott is going to sleep tonight. And as uh, Matt said, we've been at St. Anthony's Well, which is a plunge pool, a cold water spring pl- plunge pool. And they both went in earlier. Um, so a very good afternoon and lots of people visiting is there anything that I haven't asked you Scott that you'd like to add (laughs) anything that springs to mind that you think is important for the sake of this interview I think what's really important is that I'm totally buzzed up and trying to sort of inspire people for this seed project you know the social environment education diverse community land trust no landlords workers co-op you know having tiny homes on a sort of designed, edible, geo-engineered landscape, you know, very little eating bills, if any, and then off-grid, and then also having like water systems throughout, so somewhere ideally with a spring, or springs and wells, but also having woodland, and then doing agroforestry, mob grazing, all the agro-regen stuff, and perennial edibles, but also having a community craft centre where people can come and like use it like a gym or like this, all the stuff's there. So we focus on like four or five different main skills, and like mine's the tanning, so the skin, the skin one, and then uh, that'll be out of the way a bit. <laughs> it's not that smelly, but it's interesting. But you know, like blacksmith forge, green woodworking area, uh, textiles processing. Clay, pottery, economy. Yeah, real, real green economy. Real communities and real families. Totally. And then also having a health clinic as well, so alternative health clinic, and having a venue space to hold like uh, ceremonies and events that's like permanent. And then we'll also be looking um, at a sort of transitional site for travellers to stay and then move on. So people apply and they get this sort of tiny home, albeit a house, and they can build it themselves or they can basically get other people to help them we'll have like different ways and then they'll have their land to themselves as well and then they'll be feeding into the project too in some way or form that's the ideal and I don't know how many people probably like maybe 10 units or something like 12 to start with start it small with a future expansion also having a um, green burial site as well for a ceremony for you know we'll have sort of hand fasting and sort of funerals and we'll do uh, green burials and everything. We'll make a mint. Everyone wants green burials, mate. A bit it's love like, for land. Love for land. This, do you want me to mention this? <laughs> so one of my crazy ideas. This is good. Crazy ideas just sort of sprung to me because I'm kind of, I'm a touch addict. I'm not a sex addict. I quite like touch. I'm quite tactile. But, um, and I also wish I lived in the 60s or back in the fucking uh, uh, days when like, you know, not so much fucking, so much fucking chastity and religion. So anyway, um, I thought we could create like you know fuck for forest. That's an American group of people that basically do live sex shows on concerts, and they also do a they've got a porn platform. And when you sign up and you uh, register, the profits go to buying land in the Amazon that protect it. So you fuck for forest. Where can I join up? It's, no, but this is this is this is this is what this is what I feel we need to try and create or inspire. I keep putting it out there, and usually it happens fast. And I've been closed a couple of times. So basically, create a porn platform which is eco porn, but it's also ethical eco porn. So it's a workers' co-op, women's led. Any profits go into buying land to set up eco communities, like seed projects. 
and it's called like I wanted to call it fuck for land but uh, someone said love for land so love for land and then basically any profits and then we do the filming stuff like they in like hot springs or nice places and in nature and you know we'll redefine fucking sex and porn again and re reclaim it from the really shitty porn industry well so, so yeah put it back uh, into nature it's beautiful yeah yeah totally and be like really sort of conscious about it so there is some people doing similar sort of stuff but not on that kind of linked up scale so i'd love it to happen I've, we've, it's kind of an ongoing continual joke for us sort of four years <laughs> well let's just get the land first and then, we, first. then then we can shock the fuck the shock so, and awe after so from knowing you in the projects you know the biggest thing that comes up is access to land that that's the clincher for you so the big issue is how do you access land how do you secure a long-term lease or take it or take it so anyone out there has a big lump of land and has up some um, <laughs> really awesome money. groovy stuff <laughs> to, make, to really make a difference that's really solidly connecting in to make a change yeah get older Scott <laughs> yeah there's a few of us now in the forest and do you have a message for people listening it could be to do with happiness or to do with life generally I think happiness is feeling the flow isn't it being in love with yourself in the sense of like doing something that speaks to you and you know your heart of hearts and it's just like the flow the natural flow you know it's like meditation or whatever you know life shouldn't really be you know there's, there's that yeah that quote is you know to be happy is sort of being grateful for what you've got now and don't dwell on what you don't have because that'll make you more miserable so yeah, I'm trying to be grateful, and it's quite good. And the, the well's great for that, you know, and a lot of just being in nature and just communing with nature, you know, and then I've been setting like those intentions. So I do a bit of Qigong as Dao Yin as well. I'd recommend like a daily practice out there to help. It's discipline at the end of the day, and I think you need a certain form of discipline yourself to find happiness and be happy. Because I think mental health is such a issue and it's just mad that it's such a civilization issue and that nature is the answer because we are nature aren't we it's not complicated so yeah so we just need to get back to it and working together as well you know we're collaborative beings like we're cooperative beings we've been around for two and a half million years like living together like there's no point in killing each other the, the rivers was like full of fish you know the first nations say that oh you should be able to walk across it on the backs of fish and stuff you know and you think wow and it can come back fast you know i think it can come back in a few years yeah. smash some of the dams on the waterways and basically start reinstating functioning landscapes mm. we need to rebuild it again don't we Garden of Eden and all that shit that mm. people talk about Gardens of Babylon and stuff but we can you know it's here paradise is here we just need to sort of help mould it a little bit and go with the natural flows with it but we're just not given the fucking land but anyway I think we've made that quite we're a just point just going to take it <laughs> 